I hope you feel sorry. Does anyone feel sorry? Life is such a cruel fight. Life on this earth isn't easy. It's a fight. And it all starts off with a big shock. You know, the water you've been bathing in for months, where it kept you so warm, it suddenly breaks and goes off. It just goes off and with it flows the dream of an eternal warm and cozy wellness experience within your mom. It's just gone. No more satisfaction, no more wellness. Everything around you gets tighter and tighter and you're being pushed into a dark, narrow tunnel and everything around you is so narrow you feel like crying out, let me out of here, like Superman. Well, you should keep your arm down. <laughs> Be better for your mom. So you're crying. You know, it's so narrow in there, it even displaces your skull cap. You know, the skull cap, it displaces your skull cap. Look at your left and your right. For some people, it even stays for the whole life. It disforms you, you know, it's so narrow there. And then once you're out, there's this dazzling light in your face and dark people around you talking, sh like shadows talking to you. And um, it just feels so weird. And then within you, there's this strange need. You've never had it before. You, you feel like, oh, I need oxygen. Someone give me oxygen. And you start to cry. And then on top of everything, the doctor even cuts you, cuts your cord and knits you up like a, I don't know, like an old shoe, and you're there, <laughs> and you feel so strange, and the first time in your life there's this need inside of you, growing up within you, hunger. I am hungry, you know? We are hungry creations. The first time in your life you feel hunger, and life is such a cruel fight. So give yourself a big hand today for having made it up until today. You're still here. You're here in the church. Everything is safe. It's such a good place to be this afternoon. Life is a cruel fight. You know, maybe that was a funny story, but the fact is our needs stay the same throughout our whole life. Maybe you, you manage your needs today. You, you eat and you get hungry again. You breathe in and you breathe out. Our needs all stay the same. And everything we have as human beings, it's a fight. It's not just for free. Some people fill up their need within themselves by just eating food, you know? And then we were talking now about the spiritual, about our psychological needs. It's not about the physical needs. We try to fill up the hole within ourselves with eating food. Some people, they shop until they drop. Others become workaholics. Some are looking for sex to fill the hole in our hearts. Others are getting stoned and look for ecstasy in drugs. People stay in abusive relationships. Others search for adventures, adventures to raise their adrenaline levels. Others hunt for money. We all are hungry. There's a big hunger within us. There's a dark hole in our soul. Life is a fight. Is it true? We try to satisfy the hole 
that is within us. Today I want to be very honest with you and I hope you can be honest too. I will give you the opportunity to be honest to yourself in a second. First I want to read a text to you from the Bible. In Haggai it says, You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Such a sad life, no? It's a bit depressive, I'm sorry. But sometimes it's true. We just try to fight through our lives and it's just not for free. I want to ask you questions and the question is just for yourself. Please take out your handy, your smartphones and um, join us on Slido. You can scan that, um, that in there, the QR code, and then you're in and you can um, answer the question that is there. So the first question, just to be very honest to yourself, how are you generally satisfied in your life? If you sit here this afternoon, how satisfied are you in your life? It's very interesting, most people say rather yes. Very few are really not satisfied. It's just for yourself. Maybe the next question, the very important question. What is the most important reason for your satisfaction? What gives you satisfaction in your life? Yeah, we are in church, you can tell. Faith gives us a lot of satisfaction, and I like it. It has to be that way. Relationship, family, possession and finances, almost nobody, nobody put that on. All right, now we get, we're getting honest. What is the most important reason for your dissatisfaction? Wow, families, partnership. Same thing that gives us satisfaction sometimes is the biggest challenge, right? Yeah. So there's so many different reasons that can make us dissatisfied. Thank you for your honesty. It was just for yourself. Maybe you take this thought with you for the next 20 minutes. What is the hole inside your heart? What kind of a hunger are you suffering of? You know, we are all fighting through our lives. You know what God said to these people after telling them, you are hungry, you eat and you're still hungry. He tells them the reason why it is that way. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. What God tells us to do here is not just to go now in the forest and bring timber, all of us together. It would be strange. We could do that one day, go up in the mountains. But what God means by saying that is put back in the center what needs to be in the center. And this is myself. God wants to be in the center of our lives. He wants to be the place where we dwell around. He wants to be the one who satisfies you. He says, build back up the temple. Build back up this place where we can uh, have encounter together. So in the series we're in, 
It's called Encountering, Encountering God. We talk about the tabernacle, and I want to dive into the tabernacle to show you what kind of uh, instrument we're looking at today. When we were in the tabernacle, you can see it here. The tabernacle is the place where Israel, the people of Israel, encounters God. It went with them through the desert. So they went in here through the curtain. They came up here to this altar of sacrifice where all the sin of the people was put on the animal. And then the priest went here. He cleansed off all the blood. And then he enters in the holy place. And this is where we stay today. And God tells us, build back up this holy place where you can encounter me. We talked about this one here, the, the, the light. What is it called? The lighter? At the menorah, yeah, in Israel. <laughs> and now today we talk about the table of showbreads. This is a table of showbreads with, with 12 breads on it. I brought a picture for you what that looked like, the table of the showbread. It had 12 breads on it. And when the priest stood in front of this table with the showbreads, he remembered himself that God gave us his word. Why that? There are 12 breads, and each of these breads was made of two measures of flour. So if you can, can calculate that very easily, 2 times 12 means 24. And in all the Jewish law, uh, 24 is the number for the Torah, for their Bible. So the priest stands there, and he knows uh, that the bread of the tabernacle, the showbread, remembers me that God's word satisfies me. And it deeply satisfies me. This is the message of the showbread this afternoon. I want to make a jump a bit later in the Bible. Jesus Christ is down here on the earth. And the Bible says, Jesus, he is the word that became flesh. So before he started to serve the people, the devil meets him up in the desert. And when does he meet him? After 40 days of fasting. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days, and the Bible says, it's not surprising, it says he was very hungry, <laughs> okay? It's not really surprising. <laughs> All of us would be very hungry. So he's out there in the desert, the devil comes up to him and tempts him and tells him, hey, why don't you tell this stone to become a bread and eat it? And Jesus answers by quoting the word of God. Let's read what Jesus said. He says, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So this is what Jesus tells his enemy. We don't live just by the bread we eat. We live from every word coming out of the mouth of God. This is what was within Jesus. If you're under pressure, If you're tempted by the devil, if you're hungry in your life, if the hole within you opens up and shows you his ugly face, everything that's within you will come out. Out of Jesus came the Bible, the Word, because he is the Word. He quoted the Word. What comes out of your mouth when the devil tempts you? What is it that you have been feeding within you? And when the pressure is on, what comes out of your mouth? You know, the devil likes to 
to find the moment when we are hungry. Because when you're hungry, you're weak. And when you're hungry, you're fighting for your life, like the baby that cried. We have our needs within us. We have the black holes within us. And sometimes we feel tempted to take, to, to, uh, take wrong decisions, to feed ourselves with wrong sources. And if you're ready and pumped with the word of God, the word of God will come out of you. If the devil tells you, you are too weak, you will tell him, you know, Jesus said, I am strong in the weak. And he goes off. If you feel helpless, you will say, I lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord who created everything on this planet. You know, if the devil comes up against you and tries to tempt you in your deepest hunger, give him the quotes, give him the word of God. And to be able to do that, you need to feed yourself. You need to be fed not to be fed up with the Bible, but to be filled with the Word of God, okay? And this is not just happening occasionally. The Lord said in, in the Bible in Amos 8, and this is also not very encouraging. We come to the encouraging later. He tells his people, he said, The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Not a famine of food, or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. How that's desperate is life without the word of God. How desperate is it to live in a famine where God says, I will not talk to them. This is, luckily, this is not our situation. We live in a world where you just find the Word of God right there on your smartphone, right next to the news app, right next to the mails app, right next to the WhatsApp app, right next to all the apps you have on your smartphone. You will find one click and the Word of God will show up in your handy and you will be able to quote it, to fill yourself up with it. You know, we Christians, we have such an easy access to the Word of God and still we often starve. We go through life without breakfast, without lunch, without dinner, maybe even one, two, three, four days in a row. We just feel easy, comfortable to be starving. Can't be good. Can't be a good decision. Make sure you have breakfast. Don't know about you, but when I'm hungry, I'm really stinking, my wife tells me. Sometimes I get home and she says, wow, you're hungry. <laughs> and say, oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, so people stink when they're hungry. People are a bit nervous. If you're hungry, you're not really generous. You're egoistic. You just turn your, your, your perception is really decreasing. And you live in your own movie when you're hungry. You're hunting for Subway. I know you, Dan. <laughs> Where is the next Subway sandwich? <laughs> You know, and we go through life as Christians like starving people. And we're surprised when the devil gets us. Let's be ready. You know, I try hard to get up and have breakfast for my soul for the first before I have breakfast for my body. When summer, 
uh, holidays were over, I was somehow surprised. The day before I had to go back to work, I was like surprised. I said, wow, my holidays are already op uh, finished. I don't feel ready. And I got up the next day and I read in the Bible. And it so encouraged me when I wrote, um, um, read about the... Uh, can you help me then? You know it. You know the... Everything, the weapons, you know, the spiritual weapons. I read about the spiritual weapons, you know, and it so encouraged me that the weapons are not just occasionally there in the Bible. Paul doesn't talk just about what comes to his mind about the Roman soldier. He talks about the weapons of Jesus, the Messiah. When you go to Isaiah in the Old Testament, all these weapons are already there and they describe what the Messiah will look like in the invisible world. And I read that and I felt so pumped. I was so ready to go back to work. I said, wow, I'm so dressed up in the invisible world, you know, and I'm dressed up also in the visible world. I'm ready to go there. Maybe the Bible doesn't always talk to you that easily. But I love to read the Bible just for one reason. It's my family story, you know. If you don't know the Bible, you don't know the story of your family. Make sure you know the story of God and us human beings. It started somewhere in a garden and it will end up in another garden. And somewhere in between there is your life. And make sure you know this. There has been people around you, uh, before you, they were hungry. They tried to feed their soul and they succeeded Others failed. That's everything in the Bible. You can learn by God's word how to react in your life, how to feed your hunger. So the showbread reminds us God's word satisfies. It makes you ready, really ready for life. Another point, another reason um, that the showbread is so great to know it, it's that God carries me. You know, when the, just to finish the last point, when you read in Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on this law day and night. That person is like tree, like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in a season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So God promised you, if you read the Bible, you will prosper. And what the Bible tells us here in the exact translation is not that you will be in this um, wellness, uh, luxury mode as a Christian and everything falls into your mouth. It talks about the fact that God carries your burden. He will carry the burden of your relationship. He will carry the burden of your work, of your health. That's what the Bible talks about in this section. And this brings us up to the showbread table back there. If you read there, God made sure that they built the showbread table in the exact way he told them to. And if you read it here, I don't want to read everything. It says, also make around it, around the table, around it a rim, a handbreadth wide, and put a gold molding on the rim. The rim told the priests, God is carrying me. 
You know, you had to put the rim around the table to make sure the bread doesn't fall off the table. When they walked through the desert, they had to carry everything. So the bread was not falling down all the time. They had to put the rim because God wanted to make sure they were remembering he is carrying them. And every single bread, you can see it in the picture, every single of these 12 breads was within a form. And God made sure it didn't fall out. And this is the character of God. He makes sure you don't fall down. He makes sure you as the bread, you are cozy and like a baby in the mother's womb. This is what God tells us. You know, in the, in the Bible it says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I know what I'm talking about. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. So from the beginning of time, when you come out from your mother's womb and you cry like a baby until you're very old, God tells and promises you, I will carry you. I will carry your burden. You know, there's so many religious people around the world. They have to carry around religion. They have to carry around their God. I brought a picture with me of the Ganesh Many people, they carry Ganesh through the streets because he is their God and they have to carry him. It's like a burden in their life. They have to give offerings. They have to satisfy their God. And do you feel the difference? Our God is carrying you. Our God is satisfying you. This is just the other way around. This is what your God is like. And it's so amazing. He wants to take your burden. So in the morning, I don't pray, Jesus, I just want to take you with me in my adventures. My prayer is, Jesus, I want to join you in your adventures. Please let me be a part of what you're planning to do. Please let me be a part of what you're doing with my life. Carry me through the day. God carries me. It's not that I have to carry God, that I have to take up the burden of religion and pray more and read the Bible more and bring people to Christ more. A few months ago, I was desperate because I didn't meet people that didn't know Christ. So I asked God, I said, it's like a burden. Can you take it off me? I want to bring people to Christ. And he just showed me a place where I had to go to. He told me to be in the place where my sons play soccer. He said, just stick around there. And last Friday, two days ago, I could baptize one of my, my son's um, football coaches because he found Jesus. I just had to go where God told me to go. Don't tell Jesus to join your adventures. Join the adventures of your God. He will carry you throughout the day. The 12 showbreads, they have another story, and I love that Jesus is more than enough. You know, the 12 breads on this show table, they look really tiny if you Google them sometimes. They show pictures that are not really realistic. I want to show you one showbread, what it really looked like, and you can really have a party with that bread. How do you like this bread? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. 
Yeah, so if you look at this bread, wow, <laughs> that's, that's a bread, really. It's three kilos, three kilos heavy. So all of these 12 breads, each of them was three kilos uh, of weight. And all the priests, 12 priests, priests, each of those priests could take one of these breads home every Sabbath. And people brought new breads every Sabbath. And the priest took it home, and what do you think? Was that enough for him? <laughs> Maybe for one day, right? He could live from it for one week and even feed his whole family with that bread because it was that heavy. Jesus is more than enough for us, you know? That's what the showbreads remember us of. Why do we know it? If you read the Bible, you see how Jesus illustrated that to the people. They were um, following, following him in Galilee. There were 5,000 peoples, 5,000 men, and even more women and ch children. And they were all hungry. And you see it in the text. Jesus fed them. He gave them food. And what happened was that 12 baskets were left over. 12 baskets of bread were left over. That's happening in Galilee, in the land of the people of Israel. The 12 tribes, and each of the tribes has one basket of leftover bread. And what Jesus did next, he crossed the Sea of Galilee. And for the Jewish people, that's, the, the Sea of Galilee was like, um, like a frontier towards the, the evil areas. On the other side of the Sea of Galilee, there were the seven uh, tribes that Joshua had to kick out of the land when they took the Holy Land. And these seven tribes, they lived on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus told his disciples, let's cross the sea. And they were all afraid. And then when they were there, what did Jesus do first? There were so many people gathering, 4,000 men and even more children and women. And Jesus did the same miracle again. And this time, time look up how many baskets were left. It was seven baskets for seven tribes. Jesus makes sure everyone in this world knows that he is enough and he is more than enough for his people and for all the tribes around the world, even us Swiss people, even all the internationals sitting here, wherever you come from, Jesus wanted to make sure I am the bread of life. And when they were so astonished after these two miracles, they really celebrated him. He told them a provocative statement. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus just takes the miracle and says, you like the food, but I tell you, I am the food. Eat me, have enough from me, make sure I am in your life. So Jesus is really the one who satisfies us. He can um, face the hunger within you, whatever hunger it is, whatever dissatisfies you today. Jesus will fill it up and he gives you more than enough. He gives you so much that even your whole family, your whole surrounding of people will have enough. They will eat from the bread of life because you're so full and because you're so satisfied. You are a blessing to this world. This is what Jesus is like. You know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. 
In Hebrew, that means Bethlehem, the house of bread. Jesus was born in all these breads, you know, not just three kilo. He was born in, 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 a, in, a, in an army of breads. I don't know how to say it. In a storehouse of bread. So he is the bread and he wants to satisfy you. He wants to make sure you will have enough. Turn your life to Jesus. Turn your hunger to Jesus. Make sure that everything that always distracts you from the real bread, from reading the word, comes to the cross of Jesus Christ. Just make a finish line for everything else that tries to feed you, where you try to go and, and fill up your hunger. Jesus is the one who will feed you. I want to finish with a thought. Jesus said a bit later, almost the same thing, but with a prophetic word in it. He said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread, it's whoever eats this bread. How do you want to eat Jesus? Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The showbread in the tabernacle is a prophetic sign of the communion. You can eat Jesus. You can literally eat Jesus. Did you know that? I don't know how often you do it, but sometimes I do it on purpose in the morning because I want to get ready for the day. I say, Jesus, I want to take you in. I want to get filled with you. You are the bread of life. And I thank him for forgiving his body I thank him for giving his blood that I can be part of his adventure, that I can be part of his family. You know what uh, communion also gives you as a perspective? If you go back to the tabernacle, it is a very strategic order. They had to put everywhere they stopped, they put it in the same order and in the same directions. And the table of the showbread was always facing north. It was always facing north. And when you read the Bible, in, even in Revelation, it says, the enemy will fall into your land from the north. Always when the Bible talks about the enemy, it will come from the north. So the showbread is placed strategically in the north side of the tabernacle, facing the enemy, Jesus Christ within you. If you take in communion, if you eat Jesus, if you drink his blood, you're ready for whatever comes against you. You're ready for sickness. You're ready to take challenges. You're ready to face the enemy and tell him, go where you came from. This is why the bread, the showbread is placed right there in the north. Today, I want to give you lots of time for prayer, lots of time to encounter Jesus, because I believe so much when we eat him, when we eat, we get satisfied. The deep hunger within us will come to a satisfaction. And you, not just being blessed, you will be a blessing. And you will be ready for the fight life brings against you. You don't have to cry like a baby because you learned how to eat. And you know, our life is still a fight. We are hungry, we eat, and we get hungry again. 
we breathe in, we breathe out. So make sure on a regular basis you eat the Word of God. You eat Jesus within you. So I want to give you a moment where you can close your eyes or read with me. I want to go into a psalm. And I love it so much because in the Psalms, it, it's talking about how God satisfies us. He even tells us in Psalm 23, that's like the communion. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So the enemy will come from the north. Whatever happens, I have more than enough. In the following Psalm, it says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Father, I thank you so much for this afternoon and for the fact that you are a God that carries us. It's not your expectation that we carry you through our lives. It's your pleasure to carry us. It's your pleasure to bless us. It's your pleasure to take us to your adventures. And before we take communion this afternoon, I want to make sure that all my burden is laid down at the cross. I want to repent Jesus from my wrong ways, where I turn to wrong sources in my life. Forgive me, Jesus, for eating junk, spiritually speaking. Forgive me, Jesus, for not following you, for not eating you, for not being with you leave it behind and now I want to enter in the holy place I invite you to imagine the holy place with the showbread the table of the showbread and I bless you that the Lord will give you more than enough this afternoon with a word with a touch by taking communion with a thought by leaving things behind, I bless you that this following time of worship will be an encountering time for you, just you alone. And I say, Jesus, feed our hunger and fill us with the living word. Fill us with life, Jesus, in this afternoon. Thank you so much.